Greetings, welcome everyone again. This is uh, Chief Yuya, and you are listening to the Chief Yuya podcast. Um, I want to thank you all for coming through and uh, for all of your positive and great energy that you always apply to uh, the review section. You know, as always, I, I thank you for the positive reviews and the words of encouragement and also always the feedback and how these, these sessions have helped to guide and your gate and um, your walk, you know, as, as far as how you're moving on your path. So today I wanted to get into uh, something uh, dealing with, uh, you know, kind of how we how we create some some insulation around ourselves when we're coming into a place of of awakening and um, trying to protect that inner child. You know, we find usually the more that we awaken to our true per- spiritual self and go on our journey of self-love the more we discover that there's an inner child that's been wrapped in these leaves, you know, that we're charged with taking care of. So, you know, I wanted to speak about confusion and more, more importantly, or more specifically, how people often seek to bring confusion into our experience and what it means and what we can do about it. You know, I, I know it's a it's a common thing and it's difficult because sometimes we have those around us um, who don't want to face the reality of maybe what they've created in life or what they've done to us, you know, or to others. So they create this effect where, of course, they're always the victim, you know, and they're trying to do anything that they possibly can to maximize the benefits of their existence without really looking at the um the consequences that they may have to deal with. They, they don't want any parts of that, you know. Um, and for some, they, they choose to stay ignorant, you know, because ignorance is truly, you know, a state that we exist in when we're unaware of our karma or when we're unaware of the, the, um, the process of cause and effect. If I do this, this will happen. You know, when we're ignorant, we, we don't know the effects of our causes, you know, and that reality, that's a law that exists outside of any spiritual benevolence or malevolence. You know, it's th- that cause and effect. It ha- has no shade of fairness. It has no shade of, of um, preference or bias. It just is what it is. You know, it's just a, a dominant energy that exists inside of um, this reality that we live inside of. And the more we're able to discover the ethics and the character that we need to take on, we can create patterns where we create good causes, you know, and as a as a result, we get good effects. But, you know, what we have done and why we have done it and how we have done it becomes the the basis of our questioning around our own cause and effects and our own karma. And when we're unable to face those things, like I said, face those mistakes, we then have to look out towards a world that we, we don't want, you know, and we can choose to put that off and blame others or blame a devil, you know, or blame a God or blame agents of a devil or of a God as to why our situation is what it is. Or we could do, we could do something about changing our circumstance, you know, and in effect, looking at what we're doing right now, which is going to create the world that we're going to look out on tomorrow, you know, and doing right by our soul. You know, so there are some people, again, like I say, who don't really want to face what they've created. They don't want to fix p- 
problems and they would rather choose a personality of, of helplessness. And this becomes really tricky. You know, sometimes it's, it's very difficult to deal with an individual like that, you know, because, um, they create a lot of confusion. They put you in situations where you find yourself constantly scratching your head. You may even find yourself speaking to them and, you know, saying, wait a minute, what, what are you talking about? You know, and they purposely seek to confound you and to bring confusion into your life. And sometimes they cause you to make some really um, strong decisions as to how you're going to move and how you're going to be. You know, these can be close relatives, brothers, sisters, children, parents, whomever, you know, close friends. And sometimes you, you, you get to a point where you have to say, you know what, I'm not even going to respond to that. No matter how desperate the outcry is, you know. You may say something to someone and uh, and I, I go through this a lot in the work that I do. Someone will ask me for help. This is a common one. Um, Chief, what's wrong with me? This is what's, what's wrong. What's what's wrong with you? Oh, you, you trying to act like everything is my fault. You just asked what was wrong with you. I just answered you. And now I'm I'm the villain. I'm a part of the problem. <laughs> you know, and see what that is, is that's um, someone seeking to condemn and curse you because you've been able to touch upon the cause of, of their karma and move beyond um, the mental perplexity that they're seeking to instill in you. You know, to create confusion is to ruin, you know, by definition, you know, when you establish confusion, you're, you're ruining and you're creating disorder. And in effect, oftentimes shame, you know, so the way that's done is is through mixing things that do not belong together. You know, when you look at the, the word, the, the older form, uh, confundir, it means to pour things together or to mix things together. So to confuse, you know, would be to pour, to create a mixture of things that have been properly and appropriately separated. You see, so sometimes even your friendships cause ruin and confusion because you're trying to mix two different energies, two different characters that the universe and the most high has literally separated. Said, no, you don't need to be together. You go there, you go there. And confusion is a state of being mixed together. You see, it's a, it's a, it's a, a process of mingling something in a disorderly fashion. You see, that's confusion. And of course, you know, word closely related to that is confound, which would be the verb as confusion would be the noun and confounding would be the, the verb. And confounding um, often is used in, in different spiritual practices because to, to confound is to curse. It's like putting, putting a hex on someone. And when you seek to confound someone, what you're seeking to do is to destroy them. You see, because you're you're destroying and bringing disorder to their mental processes, you know, so now they become disoriented. They become um, unable to kind of assemble what they should through that, that level of confundity, you know, and as a result, like I said, it comes to perplexity of, of the mind, um, comes disgrace, comes shame, and, and so many other different things because they're no longer able to stand on their own identity. So I want you to think how horrible it is for someone to bring confusion into your life, right? You may look at it as a small thing, especially people who do it purposely. And most people who do it, do it purposely. You know, you could be talking about one thing and they'll bring up something else. And, 
you know, sometimes they'll pretend that they're confused. They'll put a puzzled look on their face. It's, it's all a game. And you have to understand that on a deeper psychological level, it's abusive. Um, it's, it's a predatory practice. It's exploitative. And, um, there's a, there's a disturbing tendency in all of that where there's a maligning, uh, or, or there's a maligning of that, that particular sort of trait of a, of a narcissist, um, to regulate their own self-esteem by confusing you. You know, that's where they get a supply of, um, you know, that, that narcissistic energy by keeping you off balance and keeping you confused because they kind of, they tell themselves in a delusional sort of way that if they can, uh, keep you confused and then witness your problematic behavior that they're not responsible for it. And then they can preserve this sort of fantasy in their mind that they're noble by maybe coming in and clearing things up. You know, they're a strong person or they're, they're a good person, but the truth is they're evil. They are evil and they're rotten to the core. And I'm going to have to say this 9.9%, you know, uh, or 99.9% of the time I was going to say out of 10, but, um, out of a hundred, they are unredeemable. One thing that it's important for you all to learn, and I know this is a very strong message, but such a necessary one. There are certain type of traits in people that typically do not change. And one of them is narcissism, self-centeredness, um, nastiness, you know, uh, inconsideration. There's some things that don't go away. They are so deeply ingrained in the psyche of certain people that the only thing you can really do is get away. That's just the truth of it. You know, um, narcissists don't change. They don't, you know, because what they do when they start to get close to a, a point of change. And I've, I've experienced this in my work. I've, I've, I've done the wrong thing <laughs> as, it, as it pertains to narcissists and seeking trying to try to assist them to eradicate that spirit from them. The closer they get to a point of healing, which means they have to strip away things from them that they shouldn't have, they'll start to see themselves as a martyr. And this nobility of martyrdom now gives them in their mind the right to begin to do worse things to people. You see, now typically a martyr, if, if any of you are confused as to what that is, a martyr is, is typically someone who will die for what they believe in, they'll die for their community, they'll die for their religion, for their God, for their nation, so forth and so on. Um, but, you know, from a figurative sense or a proverbial sense, a, a martyr could be someone who just sacrifices themselves and ignores um, their own need for survival, right? Um, but that also brings about what we call a martyr complex. And that's sort of a kind of a destructive. Uh, cycle that a person will get into where they're, they are chronically seeking for ways to persecute themselves, to feel good about themselves, you know, and of course we all can do that. You know, it's, it's not a special talent or, or anything like that, but a person who has that sort of spirit in that complex, they do it every single day, regardless of the, the injury that it does to their relationships. You know, because having that complex and having that way of thinking, it it shades every single interaction that they have with everyone in the world, you know, and, 
you know, they, the first thing to understand is that it's a self-imposed sort of complex, you know, and it, it comes from different things, but you, you still choose it, you know, for the most part, for a lot of people, it comes from, from their childhood, you know, and sometimes it could be, it, it can, it can come about because, um, you know, there were, there was a mother, there was a father who, um, they themselves were self-imposed victims and they gave up what they wanted to do in order to be good parents, quote unquote, or to be, you know, they, they speak about all the sacrifices they made, you know, and in that sense, they put themselves in this deified godlike role, you know, and when we're young, we don't, oftentimes we, we are very quick to see our parents and caregivers, caregivers in a godlike role anyway. So when they say I did this and 30 hours of labor and I had to sacrifice this and I always wanted to be this when I grew up, this was the, you know, the, the field that I wanted to go into, but I couldn't do it because I had to take care of my family and, you know, wh whatever um, thing they, they choose to throw at us. And, and it's only again, because they are trying to put themselves in a, in a kind of a deified place and that creates that that spirit is transferred to us. And then sometimes it's um, cultural conditioning. You know, you might have a tendency to, to develop that sort of um, thinking because it's just a cultural expectation. You know, it's a cultural expectation to, to sort of uh, suffer, if you will, or um, to follow certain traditions that seem to be totally self-sacrificing. You know, like mothers should be nurturing all the time and never consider themselves only be about their fam their family and and making a home and have no thought to their own and not really be encouraged to be active on their own or to um have moments where they can be self-centered or you know pursue things that they define as being successful you know so sometimes it's a it's a cultural thing and oftentimes it also comes from from low self-esteem you know, and when you feel a certain way about yourself, in fact, the lower you you feel about the yourselves, the more you'll try to cover that up by um, putting on this facade of, of being loving and being being caring. And um, it's really a, a coping mechanism, you know, as opposed to actually dealing with what you need to really. Uh, deal with you you use that mechanism and that complex as a scapegoat you know to try to cover up your own failures and your own disappointments with yourself you know so now all of a sudden you become you know Joan of Arc <laughs> you know you, you become Yeshua you, you become some some great person who has died for culture and, and family and 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 country you know and like I said, oftentimes it just comes from low self-esteem and, you know, one's inability to take in and accept love and to accept um, their own idea of their body image. Or, you know, there might be excessive um, judgmentalism, you know, that they kind of came up with or different things. And these are these are signs also of a person who has that kind of complex, you know, when th they won't receive affection, they won't receive love. They have a um, very low sense of self shape and negative body image. They're very judgmental, very moody, you know, um, often they may have been psychologically abused as a child, you know, by anyone, teacher, 
you know, a person, a neighbor in the community, church member, family member, you know, um, and you'll find that they'll stay in these abusive friendships and these abusive relationships, despite um, it being detrimental to their well-being. You know, and part of it, too, is that what you'll see is that they, they tend to refuse accountability or to accept responsibility um, for any choices that they've made that have caused themselves pain, that have caused themselves suffering. They're, they're always just a righteous, self-sacrificing good person. You know, they're a saint. <laughs> they're a hero. I've I've taken care of people all my life. That's all I know. You know, they're they're chronic care caretaker, and um, what they they tend to do is they'll blame the inhumaneness that they may experience or or that they may see of other people. You know, the way they see other people, the selfishness. They'll they'll blame it. Um, They'll, they'll blame it on their own level of oppression and repression, meaning that um, I didn't speak up and that's why this happened. That's why they did this to me. So that's how they kind of reassure themselves of their innocence and their greatness. You know, they, they, they'll exaggerate their level of suffering a lot of times. They'll exaggerate childhood mistreatment. You know, they always need to be right. These are all different signs of a person who has that martyr complex. And also the signs of, of a narcissist and someone who may seek to bring confusion into your world. You know, oftentimes you'll find, too, they never really take real initiatives to solve their issues, you know, or try to actively create systems that remedy them, you know. Um, and when there is a problem that's, that's resolved, they'll find more things to complain about. You know, you ever have a person like that where you almost don't want to help them? Or you don't want to talk about them, talk with them through things. You've probably heard this on some of the live shows I've done. A person calls and want a problem. I give them the exact answer. Good answer. Articulate it well. You know, easily uh, applicable. And at the end of the, the, the call, they'll say, oh, well, yeah, I guess I got to figure it out. You know, or I'll say. It's, you just apply these things, you know, you'll be all right. And they'll say something like, ah, I don't know. I mean, you don't really don't know. You really don't know me, chief. I don't, you know, they have the martyr complex, you know, and they are constantly seeking attention, you know, for whatever they can do to create drama. They'll even seek appreciation and recognition for their ability to create drama, you know, and um, they'll never say no just to anything or setting personal boundaries and they have this thought in their mind that everybody's reading their mind and everybody can read their mind you know that that's a part of the um that's a part of the drama you know so suffering in the name of love and all these things and we may look at that and say oh it's terrible for them but when they take on that complex they bring it to you see that's that's the problem you know and truly, it's usually a person who slips into that. It's because they're already an evil person. They're already evil. You know, I know it, it, we have a little difficulty sometimes seeing people as being evil. You know, but it, it's just a reality. As there are some people who are good, there are some people who are evil. And, um, you know, 
through experience, you learn how to spot an evil person. <laughs> you know, they, they, they give themselves away often. Um, and if you if you develop an eye for it, you know how to see it. You know, people who lie all the time, people who can never take because, you know, an evil person who's evil to the core will always lie because they really have no reason not to lie. You know, there's there's no sort of um, compulsion towards moral integrity that says I should not. You know, there's a constant entitlement to do whatever they feel like doing, you know, and again, there's no connection to the karma I'm making or to the moral thievery, you know, and they don't care that they they're responsible for what um, they know to be right or wrong, you know, that there's an ethics of natural law, you know, and there's a natural law of cause and effect that has its own ethical system that goes wrong with that goes along with it. You see, um, you can praise them for the good karma all day, but they will ignore and not accept the bad karma. You know, they're all going to heaven. No one's going, to, no one's going to, to hell, you know. But the truth is, we have to discover the truth of life and of the patterns. You know, we have to understand that pleasure of our emotional body and pleasure of our ego is not primarily why we're here on the planet. You know, um, this place is a school. And you come to school to learn, no matter how evolved you may think you are, everything is here to learn and everything is learning, even though you may not be able to recognize it, you know, by looking at that thing, you may look at an ocean and say, well, the ocean is just here for me. Could you not imagine that the ocean is here to unfold some level of understanding? You know, everything that's here is learning, even the rocks, even the clouds, they're, they're learning and they're discovering um, their own patterns. That's why the patterns tend to change, you know, and to not learn or to take in miseducation is only a detriment, you know, but we learn what we can do to make our lives um, a better experience, of course. And um, we evidence how the cause and effect and the karma uh, plays out by watching it play out in front of us. Right. Those of us who are really aspirants, and a better way of thinking, you know, and we can recognize when someone is is trying to be bring confusion very quickly. You know, you read John four and one beloved, uh, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. You know, that's an important scripture, you know, having that spirit of truth within so that you can actually try the spirit and understanding that there's a lot of people that will come out and jump out, <laughs> you know, if you will, and say that they know this and that they are from this and from that. And you don't know if they're from the mind or the brain, rather Satan, or if they're from the mind, God, you know, you don't know. There's so many false doctrines floating around here and so many half truths. And that's a tactic, you know, to mix a whole lot of error and with the truth, um, and that makes people a little bit more open. They, they drop their guard. They become a bit more uh, gullible, if, if you will. And um, we forget that people who come as false prophets, they come to massacre and destroy you. You know, they come to massacre and destroy the light with, with confusion, you know, because that's what confusion does. It mixes something that shouldn't be with something else and destroying its vital integrity, you see. 
So you have to stay inside of that truth consistently and constantly. And it's okay for you to hold your hand up and say, no, I'm not going to allow truth. I mean, I'm not going to allow confusion in the place where truth should be, you know, and recognize when someone's suffering from the martyr complex, because there's a, there's a, um, at their core, at their, their true core, they, they know they're bad really at their core. So that's why they do all of the, the projection of innocence, you know, through all this sacrifice and, and self, you know, aggrandizing, you know, they do so much. I, I've met people like that in my life who were um, abusers, you know, and when I say abusers, abusers of children, you know, um, in a pedophilic manner. And one of the things that I have found consistently across the board, people will always say how nice they are, how helpful they are. Always so helpful. Whenever you need them, they're right there for you. You see, and and that's sort of their their way of um, unconsciously setting up situations where they will be abused or taken for granted, so they can manipulate and guilt trip others later. You know, and then recognize that you know I I deserve to do a little bad thing here and there because look at all the things that I do. You know, and they they're consistently trying to highlight to everyone and show how good they are but at the same time inviting situations that will make them feel bad you'll find people like that who are very ego driven but have maybe abusive an abusive parent or abusive siblings or abusive friends and they always go back to them and you say wait a minute weren't you just crying and complaining about them last last month and now you're you're going over there for a dinner or for a cookout why are you doing that why are you going into a place where an unnecessary argument will be stared up or, you know, you're allowing yourself to be used? You know, you're creating these different dramas. Why are you in these abusive relationships? Because you have a martyr complex, you see. And the way you have to deal with people like that is you, you don't accept favors from them. Or any kind of expressions of effort. It's okay to say to the, the one with the martyr complex. No, no, thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Because you don't want to be a part of that drama that they have established. You know, you don't want to be an, an active player um, inside of that that play, you know. So that's one of the ways, you know, and a lot of times you let them know um, I'm not going to provide the sympathy maybe you want or the approval that you want or the pity that you want. You know, you can acknowledge them you can agree with them on certain things but when it starts to go down this this emotional slope you got to know when to back up you know you have your 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 phrases like yeah i hear you yeah i know it's not fair and then you keep you keep going the other way you know these are different ways you know and a lot of times it takes a certain boldness and courageousness just to be honest you know sometimes you might just have to say you know what um you're the problem. And and you got to understand that you're going to be met with hostility. You're going to be met with denial first, of course. You're going to be met with a whole lot of tears and it, it might be all of them at the same time. Um, but that seed may still need to be planted and let them know that, hey, you really have a problem. And you, and this thing needs to be worked on. You know, and, and sometimes that may mean. And you need to take them on a trip or take them to dinner or, or a special place 
a quiet place where these things can be spoken about, you know, where you can have that that open conversation with them. And you just kind of let them know that you, yeah, I've noticed some things about your behavior and there's a, you're doing some things unnecessarily. You're self-sacrificing unnecessarily. Um, and to the detriment of the relationships that you have with your friends and your family, you know, um, of course it's, it's very difficult because chances are they're going to go into denial, denial as soon as you start speaking, you know, and you want to give clear examples and, Understand that they're going to attempt to argue and debate with you uh, because you could be wrong. That's possible. But you got to you got to kind of stay the course, if you will, when you're, you're bringing these these things. You know, usually they'll fall into this self-pity thing. You know, this woe is me thing. Um, and you could comfort them if you feel to. But um, it's also important to let them know how movement needs to happen. And how self-love and appreciation needs to happen, you know. And it needs to be a resolve. Sometimes the resolve is you might need to go speak to someone. You know, you don't want to get angry. You don't want to be argumentative with them because that's what they want. <laughs> so they can run away and say, look, you know, I just was talking about this. All of a sudden they were yelling at me. They'll never talk about the cause because they don't deal with cause and effect. They only deal with the effect. They never tell you, tell, they never tell anybody how they, how it got to that point. They'll they'll capitalize on your response, but never talk about what criticize what 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 uh, stimulated the response. You see, and so there's there's so many different ways, and I know it could be exhausting. You know, um, but the, the understanding is necessary. This is why I'm giving you the language and understanding of what that sort of personality is. You know, and you know you can't criticize them. You know, um, you can only criticize the behavior. You know, and speak of how the behavior itself is unsettling as opposed to, I don't like the way you manipulate me. You know, you always do this. And I know that can be very tempting. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking to chomp on that. They can use that <laughs> to further fuel the narcissism, if you will. Everybody's against me, you know, but being open how you really, with the how you really feel is important, um, even though it's tough. It's a tough thing to do, you know, because um, they'll always have a reason for you as to why they can't be helped. You know, you don't know how to speak to me. You, you'll, you'll do this the wrong way or, you know, um, never mind. I just do it myself while you're talking to them. I'll figure it out, you know, <laughs> and it's all a game, you know. And you don't want to surrender to that spirit. You know, um, I know it's tempting to surrender and say, okay, well, you go ahead and do it. You know, when you get to that point, you just got to say, you know what? Uh, I need to cut this short. I, I need to really change how I'm going to interact with you because this is a, it's, it's a common experience that people go through, believe it or not. And I'm sure as I'm speaking, um, you're like, man, it sounds like my so-and-so or it maybe sounds like you. You know, because it's such a common thing in such a self-centered environment that we live in, that people would uh, behave in this manner, you know, um, and it's something that we have to address because that confusion and that 
that they bring in that sense of the noble self-sacrificing person who's always being punished because they're so virtuous and they're so selfless and they're so brave. It's, it's, it's a lie. You know, it's just a lie. You know, I'm always the victim of some sort of injustice and being wrongfully accused and punished just for being a good person. You know, it's a lie. And you have to know um, how to sidestep it and how to shut it down. You know, because the obvious consequence to that spirit is, is the people they victimize. And a lot of times the people that victimize don't heal for many years. You think about those of you who have grown up with parents who are emotionally immature and narcissistic. Some of you are in your 60s and 70s and still trying to untangle that because um, they've put you into a certain category of abuse by taking advantage of, of your mentality and your, and your, your, um, your energy. You know, and it, and as a result, oftentimes when you grow up underneath that, you become very distrustful of other people. You know, it becomes hard for you to really make real connections, you know, especially if people who may have triggers that remind you of what you saw before, you know, because that type of spirit, it damages people in society by spreading that mistrust, spreading cynicism, you know, and by generally just being a horrible person. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, just just really being a, a horrible uh, sort of person. It's a terrible thing to have to interact with someone who only sees you as an as a target of manipulation. You know, and it can be, like I said, very confusing. It could be frustrating. Um, it can it can lead to depression because you spend so much energy trying to figure out why. Them being generous feels so off-putting you see what why it why it feels the way it, feel, it feels so horrible even though they're being generous with you and you're trying to figure out if it's you is something wrong with me and you know maybe i should be more thankful i'm not more you know i'm not thankful enough and that's the energy because whatever they they bring it comes attached with this spirit it comes attached with this this obligation. It's not that you're you're ungrateful, you're crazy, or anything like that. Um, they're mixing things that don't belong together. See, that's the confusion. So now it creates contradictory feelings inside of you that show up, and your intuition is telling you something. That something isn't right about this. This doesn't feel right, you know. And I'm receiving something, but I don't feel like I'm receiving something. Out of kindness, I feel like I'm receiving something that's putting me inside of a trap. You know, I can feel myself being ensnared. And instead of a warm, loving feeling, I'm feeling like maybe there's some type of punishment happening right now that I'm not even aware of. You know. And, and that's part of the confounding, which destroys you, you know. It destroys you as you go, you know, and like I said, sometimes it, 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 it could be a parent and then, you know, it could be someone who wants more attention, doesn't get as much as they think they have, or they're, they're struggling with, with, uh, self-esteem issues and they become these workhorses and they take on the status of the workhorse. I get it done and I'm always here to help everybody. And it gives them a place among everybody else. You see? Well, why are you here? Because what do you bring to the table? I, I do everything. 
Anything you ask me to do, I'll do it. You know, and there's so many reasons why a person ends up that way. Um, but ultimately, they want that place among everyone else so that they'll have their opportunity to have their pain seen and to have their pain heard. That's why they're there. You see, because they have this victim identity and they want to keep you locked as the victimizer without you even know you don't even realize it. But you with everything that you accept from them, you become the victimizer. You see. And people who are in that space usually are far more committed to that storyline than you could ever imagine. And you could ever imagine a real martyr doesn't speak about their suffering because who wants to talk about it? You know, who wants you to even know? But I tell you this, you got to use your intuition. If you don't feel good when someone is doing something for you or doing for you, instead of going inward and inward and trying to figure out what's wrong with you, sometimes it's good just to go with your gut feeling. You know, you might be picking up on the confusion inside of the person giving the con- the conflict inside of the person giving, you know, and you start from that place, you know, and then you can try some of those, you know, different ways to communicate, you know, when they start talking and saying, you know, I do this and I do that. And, and you know, oh, nobody's helping. And, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I understand you. It must be frustrating feeling like you're the only one who, who's doing all the work and, or who's doing this and you're not being appreciated. Um, but I think you should know that, um, I don't want you to be the only one who, who does the work. or I don't want you to be the one who's being treated this way. And whenever I've noticed, I offer help or I try to put insert myself, you tend to reject it. And that leaves me a little confused and me a little sad. You know, maybe we can find a way where, uh, we can stop this, this pattern and we can both come out of it a little bit more healthy. See what kind of response you get. <laughs> it might work out. It might. Um, but like I said, most people who are in that place have no intention on loosening their grip on who they believe they are and what they believe about life. And you're telling them to lay their, their sword down, if you will, proverbially. And that's the last thing they want to do because in their mind, that's the only thing that makes them valuable. You see, so that's something I wanted to share, you know, just on confusion and like how Fela said, confusion breaks bones. It's true. (laughs) It breaks bones. It breaks hearts. And uh, we have to learn how to find a new role. Um, A lot of times when we have people like that in our life, we have to learn a way to um, take responsibility for ourselves and um, and decisions and as they need to. And you have to prepare yourself for backlash, of course, when you seek to have those conversations, you know, with people who are behaving that way and you're trying to usher them in to another level of of self growth, self growth, excuse me. And they may not be interested in it. Um, but it's like Proverbs twenty five, twenty six, like a muddy spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked, you know. A muddy spring is not something you could trust. <laughs> so when that conflict is there, when it's like one thing coming out, but I see something else or I'm feeling something else, you know, there's no way I can really trust it until um, that confusion is cleared up. You know, I may have doubts about the sincerity, 
And as long as I have doubts about the sincerity, I know it's not me. If I know it's not me, then I have to, you know, either back away, don't drink from the spring, of course, and maybe see what's really going on. You know, that's just a, that's just the reality of, of living reality of our situation, you know, and always remember as first Corinthians says for first Corinthians 1433, um, for Yah is not a Yah of confusion, but of peace, you know, so there's an orderly way that the most high, um, brings people into our existence and how the most high moves and all that confusion is not of the creator. You know, there has to be proper order and for, for us to reflect or for us more so to, to, to be the emulation and the image of the sacred, you see. And I'm not speaking of confusion. That's something a bit different. Or not, I'm sorry, chaos. I am speaking of confusion. I'm not speaking of chaos. That's something a bit different. But we're really looking to link with integrity, you know, between our actions and our integrity, right? But, you know, creating the link between that and... um kind of getting into our space where we we value the basis of living a little bit more and understanding that that may put some pressure to re-examine some of these unhealthy relationships because we're still unfolding our potential you know and confusion and confundity does nothing but to completely destroy what we should be on and what we could be on all right so i wanted to share that all with you you know and willfully that helped you know, I know a lot of people who deal with parents like that and siblings and lovers and whatever, because, again, it's it's so pervasive in our society. And there's a lot of inner work that needs to happen, self-awareness that needs to happen, self-love that needs to happen. And all of those things you need in order to begin to heal the effects of that syndrome, you know, and heal the effects of having to interact with a with a historical narcissists you know in your your experience man it's it's not a one-two thing it can be very difficult and very challenging and even scary you know trying to unpack some of that stuff you know so that's what we do here in our new you know a lot of it is about um brainwashing (laughs) you know truly you know because what is brainwashing cleaning up the dirt in the brain you know people use that word so incorrectly so often, you know, not realizing you're already programmed. You need to brainwash to, to clear out the programming, you know, and this is a part of washing the brain. Some of us grew up in the cesspool. We were gestated, you know, um, by narcissists, by people who had the noble martyr syndrome, you know, by people who only sought to create confusion so they could come in and be the peacemaker. And we have to figure out, you know, how do we, connect to the cosmic natural law of morality and at the same time um heal from some of this stuff because it's it's um it keeps us you know this level of mind control sometimes keeps us enslaved and keeps us from um the thoughts of truth and the subjects that we could really um pursue that would bring us to a to a much uh less less miserable space we'll say you know, so uh, for those of you always looking to apply and always asking about that, you know, it's anulifeglobal.org. All the details are always on the chief com page inside underneath the um, shows. There's always links that you can click on for any link or thing I may have brought up in, in the segment itself. There's always a link you could click on and get more information, you know, like 
you want to join or if you want to, um, even if I mention a book or something like that, I usually will put the link to the book, you know, um, right there under the podcast, you know, just so it's easy to find. <laughs> all right. So yeah, definitely will that you all got something valuable out of this experience and you can start to reexamine those recognized psychological patterns and um, heal from them using the strength and the divinity of the heart connected to the creator, you know, and we can start to evolve beyond the last place that we were because we were never meant to be stuck in these, these cycles, these cycles um, that are harmful and injurious, you know, are meant to be destroyed and, and, and broken, you know, and we have to figure out if what's in our heart is coming from the creator or if it's coming from somewhere else, because like Jeremiah 17, nine says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You know, so we have to trust the logos or the energy of the most high that exists inside of us and use that to align the heart and the will, you know, and not be victims to narcissists and, and people who only want to steer confusion. And if it means there's a hard, no blocking of the phone, not going to call you back, not even going to answer what you just said. You're trying to gaslight me. You're trying to bait me into a argument. No, not doing it. Mm -mm. See you when I see you. Sometimes it has to be that. Uh, for me, it's always that <laughs> because um, I don't have I can't afford not to be that way. You know, when you start to really invest yourself in this work, you realize certain things you can't afford. You can't afford to argue can't afford to debate, you know, can't afford, I really can't even afford, um, yeah, stupidity too much. I just can't afford it, you know, with all the things that I'm, I'm working on and I have on my shoulders, I, I can't afford to do some of the things that I used to be able to afford to do, like sit and have a debate with you all day and know that you're not going to learn anything, but just flex my own muscle. I can't afford to do that anymore. And you may be coming to a similar place. You can't afford it because you have too many other things that you're trying to unfold and um, too many other ideas that you're trying to find proper and healthy distinction among. All right. So with that, um, thank you so much for listening. This is Chief Yuya. You can always find me on all social media, Chief Yuya, as well as Chief Yuya Music. And like I said before, it's just 2020, 20, 2022. About to add an extra thousand years <laughs> on it. Um, I'm supposed to really be on sabbatical, so I'm not really interacting on the Chief Yuya uh, spots. But if you have any questions about music, and that's really what I'm just focusing on this year is my holy work in the music. At least I've been trying to, but everyone keeps coming to me with emergencies inside of my own community. So that's different. But you outside emergency people, you're on your own. <laughs> you got to go figure something out. All right. Um, but, yeah, you can always find me at Chief Yuya Music and, you know, you can and Chief Yuya as well on social media. That's my two two spots. All right. And, um, you know, we're always on Clubhouse as well. Uh, every first day, every Sunday, Friday on our new life global ministries, the YouTube channel. We always do a segment there, usually between six thirty and eight. And, um, you know, you can build with us there. And for those who are members, you know, you see us, uh, all the time <laughs> inside of our own private spaces. All right. So keep growing, keep learning, keep loving and keep being protective of all those, uh, who you care for. And most importantly, that child that's inside of you. 
All right. Peace and be well. Chief, you, you out.